This is the NFL Draft Bible Spotlight Show. Connecting players with football industry professionals since 2002. It's what we do. Welcome everyone to this four-part mini-series edition for NFL Draft Bible. I'm Ryan Roberts, Rise and Draft on Twitter. I have the fortune here of setting up this little mini project to talk about Mr. Nick Tiano, who is a quarterback out of Tennessee Chattanooga this year in the 2020 NFL Draft. Originally was at Mississippi State, was around Dak Prescott for, for a couple years. Uh, he also you know, was fighting it out with Nick Fitzgerald down to the end, ended up transferring. So I want to dig into him a lot during this mini series because he's a young man that through what I've seen in the All-Star circuit, what I've seen, the, the the you know chance I've gotten on film, he seems to hit a lot of prerequisite size thresholds, athleticism thresholds, arm strength thresholds, like all these things. He flashes, and then you see some of the things he's done uh, throughout the training process with some great quarterback coaches, and uh, you know he's got great people around him. I'm super excited to just kind of dig in to Nick, what makes him tick, talk about his future outlook a little bit. I'm excited for it. I really am. Nick is, you know, again, seems to hit a lot of the thresholds that scouts will love. And, you know, hearing hit, hit just some of his interviews he's done, some film room stuff, he has a very good understanding of the quarterback position at such a young age. He's not a finished product by any means, but this is a scouting portfolio here. This is a scouting spotlight. Like we're trying to find guys that can not only make it the next level, but eventually they can transcend. They can become what the talent says they can be. So that's what we're doing here with Nick Tiano today for this first installment. I have Mr. Warren McCarty, who is spent 11 years in pro football, coaching, scouting, team management. He's now doing a lot of stuff working with quarterbacks. He, uh, warrior coaching, uh, sorry, warrior quarterback training, leverage sports consultant. Warren, welcome to the show, man. How is everything on your end? I know coronavirus, everything around this time of year right now is, is a little uncertain, but I hope everything is going well for you so far, man. Ryan, first of all, I appreciate you having me on the show. Um, everything is like everywhere else here, just trying to make it and also learning a lot about technology and different ways to get business handled. <laughs> so I'm uh, relying on teenage daughters to coach me through some stuff, but all is good here. We're just trying to make it. I, I hear you, man. And you know, I, on side of doing all this stuff for scouting for NFL draft Bible, I, I'm a teacher full time. So learning third graders um, proficiently on teaching to third graders proficiently on Google classroom right now is a challenge amongst itself. So I'm right there with the technology aspect of everything. It is a whirlwind for sure. And it's a whirlwind, but we have a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel in the sense of NFL draft is, is going is on schedule for a couple of weeks. So Warren, just, I mean, talk to me a little bit about the the, the experience with the game. Because like I said, 11 years of professional football and different uh, variations. You you left coaching in 2008 to work for ESPN for a little while. Uh, launched Warrior Quarterback Training. Like, just talk to me a little bit about what football is for you and how you're able to stay around the game still. Well, for me, it's, it's really 24-7, 365. So I course work with Craig Doman leverage sports consulting we work with uh, division one and FCS programs uh, helping their football programs with respect to recruiting budgets allocating their resources etc 
uh, train NFL and CFL quarterbacks all the way down to middle school kids. Uh, families will hire me to help their sons in the in the college football recruiting process. So I've been blessed. I'm getting close to 500 kids that I've placed on scholarships since 08. I've got five guys that play in the NFL right now, four of whom are starters. Um, and then uh, I represent college and NFL coaches with my coaching agency. So between training, between helping kids with recruiting, uh, partnering with Craig on consulting for, for college football programs, uh, I, I have my hands in a lot of different pies, so to speak, and really get to scratch all those itches. But I'm at home at night with my wife and kids, limited travel versus uh, my previous life in pro football where I was on the road a lot. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I, I know uh, it's a grind, man. And even even now it still sounds, you know, every day's football. And I know what people ask me about, you know, being in this industry you know, it doesn't feel like a job sometimes, you know, because being around football, talking football 24-7, like that's not a job, man, is it really? I mean, it's it's, uh, no. it's, 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 uh, it's, it's a wonderful it's special for, for sure. Um, and if anybody wants to follow Warren before we get too deep into here on, on Twitter, he's at Warrior Quarterback Coach, all undercase. Uh, a great resource, obviously, with the wealth of experience you've had. And we're talking here today because obviously we, we want to dig into Nick Tiano, who again transferred from Mississippi State to Tennessee Chattanooga. Maybe we should start just first impressions. When were you able to meet Nick, see Nick for the first time, and just maybe your first impressions on him as a person and and, a, and maybe as a football player as well? Well, having worked with teenagers for a long time, uh, spending eleven years in pro football wearing various different hats, coaching and scouting and in management. Um, I am not easily impressed because I've, you go through this process long enough, you start to figure out when guys are telling you stuff you want to hear versus who they authentically are. Um, my first meeting with, with Nick back in January before we got started on, on training, I was just like, wow, this is a different dude. You know, I figured out pretty quick. He's, he's been with his high school sweetheart for a long time. Uh, it's my understanding they intend to get married. He's not a party dude. He doesn't drink alcohol. He doesn't smoke. He doesn't party. All he talks about, all he thinks about, besides his his girl and his dog, are all things football. So to me, that's like, you know, when you ask somebody what their interests are, and besides besides girlfriend and their dog that they have together, Everything else coming out of his mouth is football. To me, that's a really good indicator that, okay, that's that's box number one that needs to be checked is this dude a guy that's all in? Because some guys aren't, and that's okay, right? That's totally okay. But when you're an NFL or CFL or XFL team, you talk about that position, you got to have a dude that's all in. So that was first impression, first meeting was this dude is a football junkie, and that's my kind of guy. Hey man, that's that's obviously my my type of guy too. I just sometimes I'm in these interviews and I I just get lost a little bit. You know, we 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 went off a little off the rails a little bit before we even started. Like you know, just talking talk, talking the game, man. Like it's different. You can tell very quickly how much football means to someone. It's very easy to hear in their voice. It's very easy to see. For you, Warren, having the experience in professional football. You, you mentioned, you know, that that's like the first thing. How how much could that really sway someone? So, like, let's say 
maybe a guy has hit or miss film. You can see a little bit of potential, but then you talk to him and you could see the the love for the game. He's a good young man. Like how much can that sway your evaluation of a guy? Well, for me, I, I just think about, okay, what is it we want from this position where you're talking left tackle, left guard, outside back or whatever. When it comes to QB, I think about, okay, what is the common denominator amongst all the greats, right? Drew Brees, Russell Wilson, Peyton Manning, Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Mahomes, all these dudes. Like what, what, what is the one common denominator? It's that they're a football junkie. Because the dudes I just mentioned, every one of those guys have different mechanics. Yeah. Like literally, Russell Wilson does not look like Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers does not look like Drew Brees. Drew Brees doesn't look like Peyton. Peyton doesn't look like Mahomes, right? Mm-hmm. But they're all football junkies. That is the one common denominator. Incredible work ethic, obsessed with football. Mm-hmm. Look at me, let's start there. Because if that's not the 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 characteristic that – you know, I'm talking about a quarter, you know, talking to about a quarterback with, if that's not one of their character traits, well, why are we even talking? Okay. So that's step one right there. And that's the common denominator that all the great ones have. And I bet if you go back and look through history, pretty hard to find dudes that literally achieved greatness um, without being a, a football junkie, just being absolutely obsessed with it. Yeah. And I, I know just from a scouting perspective, you know, doing, scouting reports and write write ups on guys and, and putting out the, the draft Bible this year, like that we were super proud of, but like sometimes even with quarterbacks, I feel like it's an incomplete evaluation. Cause like you're saying, like you don't know how a guy ticks until you talk to him, you know, until you're face to face. That's what I think we're really missing out at this time period. Cause like guys are still going to do some visits over Skype or zoom or whatever it is. Like I get that. It's, it's, it's a valuable resource. Uh, it's, it's the, modern age technology like it's going to help a lot but like you don't know how a guy ticks until you meet him in person you know you, you stare into yeah. his eyes you hear him talk about the game that is the 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 last part of the puzzle for me as 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 a, a person that that is in the scouting industry is I want to meet a quarterback he's the face of the franchise we talked a little bit about being a captain doing those types of things when you're a quarterback you are by default, whether you are or you aren't, as as a, um, a, a, a from a leader perspective, you are a leader. You just are. So it is so important to find those variables to see that how that young man ticks. And for Nick, how you've been able to, how you've talked about him so far, how I've seen you in other in um, videos with him, you seem to think the absolute world of him as a person, which is great. And that is obviously is is like you said, it's the first and foremost thing for you. Now, when evaluation starts, scouts are going to look at the size. They're going to look at the arm strength. They're going to look at the athleticism attributes because those are are deemed the quote-unquote thresholds, right? Now, when I look at Nick Tiano, he seems to hit all those. Uh, Can you talk a little bit just about those those, um, just physical traits? Because they're obviously there, you know? One of the things I've always disagreed with, you know, these – narratives start to get thrown out that our arm strength isn't important. It's accuracy. Mm. BS. It's both. Right. You can be the most accurate dude on the planet. If you can't hit that 20 yard deep over in a window with a dude in your face, knowing you're about to get rocked, you can't play in the league. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, it's super cool if you're really accurate on the five yard check down, but the, you ain't gonna play in the league if you can't make the throws. So I've always been mystified that that kind of becomes a narrative that it's it's not you know who cares how strong a dude's arm is? It's about accuracy. No, it's both. You have to be accurate. Hell yes, you have to be accurate, but you gotta be able to make the throws and put the ball in windows. He is both. Now he's like any other quarterback, especially all these rookies that are coming out. They've all got flaws, right? But for me, it's he's really, really light on his feet. He's smooth in the pocket. He's subtle in the pocket when things are a little off center. He can recenter himself. He can slide step within the pocket, up, back, sideways to find himself a little bit of space. Um, I also think – you know, just turn on the tape, man. He's dropping 65-yard bombs, hitting dudes in stride. So he can make every throw on the field. He is accurate. Um, but to me, his biggest attribute is not this cannon arm. It's he's, he's got really light feet. And the feet, I think, start before anything else, whether or not you're going to have success or failure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and he and I mean we go back to Mississippi State real quick, and I can't wait to talk to Nick just about his dealings with Dan Mullen. I, I, he's a coach that I respect to a very high degree, and, and that that prototype that he had back then, you know, with the Dak Prescotts, with the Nick Fitzgeralds, you need to be able to move, and, and Nick shows that on film. Last year, he had nine rushing touchdowns. He's obviously very capable as as a as a. Uh, as not only a runner, but an extender. Mm-hmm. He's able to move in the pocket, like you were saying. For me, Warren, like the, the thing that I see a lot with guys, and it, it's partly to do with the new craze of, you know, uh, off-balance throws and, and, you know, thrown for various arm angles. Like sometimes guys' upper body and lower body are just so disconnected. It kills accuracy. Is yeah. that something that you're seeing more and more now? Is that kind of just a, 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 a traditional thing that kind of guys might um, kind of um, – a struggle with at times? Well, I think, you know, unfortunately a lot of QB coaches, so I'll, I'll kind of uh, chastise the, my own industry here, but everybody sees what Patrick Mahomes does. Mm-hmm. And then they want to go out and try to replicate that with their kids. Well, Patrick, there's one Patrick Mahomes on this planet, right? right? And he has this, the freaky ability to do everything horribly mechanically and be money. Right. And that baseball background provides him the ability to throw from weird arm angles and off balance and do all this type of stuff. But he's flawed too. There are some times where his feet don't move and he winds up like an outfielder and he sells the ball and throws stuff in the dirt. And you know, he's not perfect, but we see the end result which are, you know, 400 yard passing games and touchdowns. And we see the highlights, but every, every game he has throws where you're just like, Oh God, your mechanics suck on that play. Come on. And I'm sure he wish he has, has those back. Right. Mm-hmm. But like uh, the off platform and different arm angle stuff, you can teach it, but sometimes dudes just physically have to have the ability to do it or they don't. And Nick is blessed with the ability to drop sidearm. He's athletic enough to be able to to make throws with dudes in his face and off of different arm angles. He is not Patrick Mahomes, 
He can't do all of those things, but he can do some of those things, um, which to me is a separating factor versus some of the other guys he's being compared to who simply cannot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I, f- I feel really bad for a lot of, excuse me, quarterbacks that are going into the league now, you know, having to, everyone's looking for that next Patrick Mahomes, man. Like those guys don't come around. He ain't out there. He is not out there, bro. I'm telling you, he's, he's done the good. I mean, I, I'll tell anybody that, that wants to listen, you know, I've never seen a more naturally pa- uh, talented passer probably in, in my lifetime, at least. Like I can't remember one. Like my dad's a huge Miami Dolphins fan. So he'll swear up and down how, you know, Dan Marino had the, the best release of all time and all that kind of stuff. So you know, I, I, agree, I agree with your dad. Yeah. Well, uh, unfortunately, you know, I only, I only got to see the last couple years where D- Dan's knees weren't holding out too well. You know what I mean? So a uh, little tougher, but I mean, comparing a guy to that, but when I look at Nick, I mean, it's easy to see the upside mm-hmm. from you, Warren, just kind of seeing him improve. What's been the things that he naturally does really well that you didn't have to work on maybe as much? And what are some things that you've seen the biggest strides for him, the biggest improvements? Oh, that's a great question, Ryan. Um, I think the things he did naturally well that we didn't really have to um, focus a whole lot of time on was the depth of his drops. Okay. I thought he was really consistent there and, you know, his quarterback coach's junior year, Justin Riscotti, um, who's now with the Denver Broncos as an offensive assistant. And Tom Arth was his head coach, you know, who was Peyton Manning's backup for for a time in the NFL. So his foot, like, you know, what's his quick three look like? What's his rhythm five look like? What's his deep five with the hitch? What's his seven-step drop look like? All that was money, right? We just a little tiny bit of polishing, but really didn't hardly have to spend any time on that. So, Um, his drop depth and being disciplined and staying straight, all that was pretty much money. His ability to slide within the pocket was great. The things we worked on, and then I saw a great improvement with, is where he was carrying the football sometimes, like a lot of quarterbacks. He'd get a little lazy with it and hold it a little more down by his belly button versus up at his pec. Uh, So we really worked on getting that ball up just to speed up the release. And then we worked a lot on – and. Obviously, Ryan, you you know this, but a lot of people can go out and Google it. That Tony Romo, Russell Wilson spin to the side where the you know where the pressure is coming from, spinning to the pressure rather than spinning away from it. Yes, he really worked on that, and he got it. He was reluctant at first, and then dove all in, and he's got that thing mastered. And you can go pull up a whole lot of. Tony Romo, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Carson Wentz highlights where that backside pressure is coming off the edge and they spin left rather than trying to take off to the right. And it's a beautiful thing because now that area has been vacated. You can reset your feet. You can run. You can make a play. He bought into that. That's one of the things I'm most proud of is him really perfecting that spin move and then just the improvement he showed with getting the ball up a little more towards his pec rather than holding it at his at his belly button that sped up his release and, and helped even more with his accuracy. Mm-hmm. And I, I love how you phrase that Warren, you know, the backside pressure, I, I call it, you know, getting out the back door, you know what I mean? Getting that spin out the backside, like there, and, and I would say, you know, just from a, a technical standpoint of it being the, the better option, it looks pretty, man. It looks pretty when you get it, when you get a good one, you know what I mean? That little spin out the back door. So I, I well, I've always preached to my guys, like, Okay, that is a world-class athlete with a head start and a full head of steam. You're really going to run to your right and just throw it away? 
Or are we going to shake this dude and try to make a play? That's it. But to me, it's always made more sense. Let's try to give that guy a spin move. Then we throw on the run, throw it away, reset our feet, find somebody, but just bailing out to the right doesn't seem like a logical option. Oh, absolutely. And and you talked interesting tidbit, you know, the, the holding the ball lower compared to, uh, compared to up by the peck. But aside from what you kind of alluded to um, with, you know, speeding up the release point, speeding up the release in general, how much does that help with uh, ball security in your, in your mind? Well, I'm going to preach here a little bit, Ryan. Go for it. Russell Wilson, love the dude. Jared Goff took his team to the Super Bowl. One of those two guys' biggest flaws is they are strip sack waiting to happen because they hold the ball low and they have that long outfielder windup. Mm-hmm. Would you bring the ball down by your waist? As a, Dak Prescott does this too on, on occasion and gets strip sacked. Like those three dudes in particular, Mahomes as well, they get strip sacked a lot. That's A. B, the ball's a little slower coming out. Now, of course, they have you know great arms and they can squeeze that ball in the windows, but nobody, no quarterback coach that's worth a damn is teaching a guy, let's throw it like we're in center field. But yet those guys, all three of those guys I just mentioned, um, do that. And to me, that makes you late on a throw and you're a strip sack waiting to happen in the NFL if you're throwing from the pocket like that. Absolutely. So to me, it's, it's exactly what you're saying. It's ball security and the ball's going to come out a little quicker and I think we can be a little more accurate. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I, I'm looking at Nick now. Warren, because you, you mentioned a lot of guys that you've worked with over the years, um, some in the NFL now. I think you said four starters right now in the NFL, if I remember correctly. For Nick, uh, everyone loves comparisons. Is there a guy that you've worked with or a guy that you've watched that you would say reminds you a ton of Nick Tiano? Andrew Luck. Whoa, <laughs> I like that. For a lot of reasons. A, they look really similar physically. Body type, height, and weight. They run real similarly. Um, you know, on that video, Nick and I had a good laugh about he had a better beard. Andrew Luck was pulling off the ridiculous neck beard for a long time that drove everybody crazy. But yes, that passion for the game. That that was not a great choice, the neck beard. I, I'm not a big fan of it either, I would say. Hey, like I said, every NFL quarterback's flawed. That was Andrew Luck's flaw in <laughs> the neck beard. Uh, but really, they physically look similar. Their mannerisms, their demeanor, very similar. Um, the way they throw the ball is similar. Their athleticism is real similar. And just, I mean, you put them side by side, you'd think, man, these guys might be cousins. So really, to me, that's that's a really good comparison. I think even mechanically how they throw the ball, there's just a lot of similarities with Nick and Andrew Luck from mechanics to demeanor to height and weight to athleticism. That That's a I mean, it's a lofty comparison, but I mean, physically, we're just talking, you know, obviously you're not predicting Andrew Luck's success, but you're saying from a physical standpoint, there's a lot of similarities with the mannerisms. I, I, I get that 100 percent. What one thing that you know can't be over undersold or oversold is a quarterback's ability to to read pre and post snap. You know, it, it's, it's it's harped on so much. Checks at the line, doing different things with protections, like it's all there. And I know you probably have gotten a pretty good sense of Nick in that 
barometer on the whiteboard a little bit. So so talk to me a little bit about the intelligence of Nick Tiano. What type of um what type of quarterback junkie are we really talking about when it comes to breaking down what he's seeing on the football field pre and post snap? Well, two things I'll, I'll say on that, Ryan. So his sophomore and junior year, he ran a pro-style offense. Like I said, Justin Riscotti, who's with the Broncos now, is his QB coach, and uh, Tom Arth is the head coach. You know, they ran an NFL system. So his sophomore and junior year, Nick's coming to the line of scrimmage. He is identifying the, the pre-snap coverage, the front. He's identifying the mic. He is setting the protection with his O-line and setting the protection with his back in the backfield on all pass plays on every passing snap, okay? A whole lot of quarterbacks in college football, especially guys that are in air raid or they're in up-tempo spread or, you know, any other variation of being in the pistol, a lot of guys don't do that, okay? It's more about let's play fast. Let's. It's like the basketball version of we're going to run and gun, right? We're going to score a ton of points and we're going to do this. We're going to wear you out. Or, yes, we're going to look at the sideline. The coaches are going to put us in the the right spot. His sophomore and junior year, that was his job. So, A, he had mastered a a pro-style offense with pro verbiage. It wasn't just like their play was called Oregon or Missouri or whatever. You know, no, he's he's got full verbiage and all those pre-snap responsibilities. So that tells me, you know, he gets to, you know, day three of – Training camp, his mind is not blown because he's done all this. Okay, it's just a matter of learning, learning what means what. Um, but you know, putting him up on the whiteboard, he can do all of that. Like he he knows it, like he's speaking English, right? Whereas other guys who obviously can learn it, you know, it's it's you can absolutely learn it, but it's different when you haven't done it yet. And he's done it. He did it for two years. His senior year, way scaled down version of an offense, up-tempo. He didn't do any of that stuff. It was just, let's run and gun. We're going to try to play fast. But a sophomore, junior year, which is, I think, you know, one of the big disconnects on Nick, you go turn on the 2018 film, you're watching an NFL quarterback doing NFL things on every snap. Mm-hmm. I, I love it. And, and if anybody out there listening – Wants a little insight into to Nick's intelligence, being able to, to break some th- stuff down. Warren and Nick did a great video um, war, war, at the Warrior Quarterback Show. I, I implore you to go take a look at that. It, it's an awesome just showing of just – I mean, it, it's talking football at the end of the day. You know, it's understand what you're seeing, which is such a vital part of the quarterback position, as Warren's alluding to. It's – Warren, kind of a quick digression, and I, it, it doesn't have much to do with Nick, and it doesn't really have anything – for the XFL, I was watching quarterbacks. Uh, I was watching coaches tell a quarterback things into the very snap of what they're seeing and where they should be going and different things like that. For me, I hated that. <laughs> I hate it, man. Like I wanted those quarterbacks to to figure it out. You know what I mean? Like that's just. Do you have any thoughts about that? I know that's a really weird digression. Digression, but it's just something very interesting to me. Man, I'm Ryan. I'm old school. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm 43 now. I guess I'm old enough to be old, to favor old school. I just think the human element of that quarterback having 10 other sets of eyes 
staring back at him in that huddle and those guys believing in the words coming out of his mouth and believing in his body language, believing in his toughness, that factors in the dudes making plays on game day. Mm -hmm. And I think you can't create a robot. And I think we saw some XFL quarterbacks, um, you know, the kid who just signed with the Carolina Panthers, I thought played his ass off. Okay. Um, and a couple of the other quarterbacks I thought did really well. And then other guys I thought were on the struggle train, you know, for the five or six weeks they got to play because they've got all this noise in their ear right before the snap of the football. Man, let them play. If, he, if he's not smart enough to figure it out on his own, he probably shouldn't be out there, right? So I'm – I completely agree. Loved a lot, a lot of what the XFL did. Um, but having that coach in that, that, that dude's ear for so much um, was definitely a turnoff to me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it's just like one of those things. Like, I really enjoyed the XFL. It was just one of those things where, like, it's cool to hear, you know, Pep Hamilton give me his West Coast terminology. Like, I appreciate that to a degree. It's just like I, I'm old school, too. Like, and, you know, I'm, I'm not I'm not very old, but it, it's uh, you're not old either. Uh, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> It's, you know, I, I feel like being old school is just kind of a personality trait. Like, it doesn't matter how old you are. You know what I mean? I, I just want to see guys. I like sink or swim. You know, like I want to see a guy succeed off of his own knowledge. I want to see him to 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 take what he's learned and to, then to apply it. It might be the teacher in me to a degree, too. Like, I just want to see that. I want to see success based upon your hard work. Like, that just says something to me. And uh, if I had to leave you with something here, Warren, uh, you know, let maybe the last big question for you. When evaluators are looking at guys, they're seeing what they are now, where they've come from, but also what's the height of what they can be. So for Nick, what 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 are we looking at as far as growth potential? How good can this young man be if he's in the right situation, the right system, and everything is just clicks for him? Well, we've got you know that's a really interesting question here, Ryan. Um, fortunately, here over the past week and a half, a I think talking to his agent last night, he's had eight different NFL QB coaches and or OCs talking to him. That tells me that, okay, we've, whether you want to call it circumventing the scouting departments or now it's finally getting up the food chain to the quarterback coach and the OC, dudes are finally getting serious about him. Mm-hmm. That's super exciting when guys are spending two hours on the phone with him and that's the, the QB coach, or that's the OC. Um, I'll let his agent get into the specific teams we talked about last night. That's probably not for me to divulge. But um, I think when a QB coach or an OC in the NFL is looking at this kid, uh, let's just write it down on paper. Six foot, uh, damn near six five, 230, 235 pounds. Okay, so he checks the boxes. Is this dude big enough to take a hit? Does he look like what you want him to look like? Is he accurate? Yes. Does he have a cannon for an arm? Can he make all the throws? Yes. Is he athletic enough to get out of some trouble, go get us a first down if he needed to? Yes. What's he like off the field? Is he a good dude? Are there red flags? Zero red flags. Football junkie, just like we talked about earlier in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, has he done any of this stuff before? Yes. Is the spotlight going to be too big? No, I highly encourage people to go check out what he did against LSU on the road and what he did against South Carolina on the road. There are some incredible throws. Um, and he was an SEC quarterback for a year. It's So the whole, you know, 
well, you know, Tennessee Chattanooga, there's 10,000 people to gain. Well, he knows what it's like to play in front of 80 and 90,000. He's done that. It balled out, right? So spotlight too big? Nope. Can he speak the language? Can he lead dudes? Well, yeah. Spend any time with the guy and you realize, like all these other great ones, he's addicted to football. That's what he's about. Mm-hmm. Physically in great shape, no major injuries that we're you know worried about. You know, two ACLs or a hip replacement or any, anything crazy like that. So he's got a clean bill of health. I guess my question is, why wouldn't he be the next FCS quarterback like Kurt Warner and Tony Romo and Carson Wentz and these guys who've risen up to become awesome quarterbacks in the National Football League? Why not? I, I, I literally just went through the whole checklist and he checks all the boxes, right? So I guess I guess to flip the question is, I, f- I fail to see what's going to prevent him um, from being a stud in the NFL. He just needs the right opportunity in the right time. Uh, absolutely. And that is a, a reigning endorsement from Mr. Warren McCarty, who is a renowned quarterback coach at warriorquarterback.com. Again, follow him at Warrior Quarterback Coach Warren. This first part series of this of this, this dive into Nick Tiano. I really thank you so much. A part of NFLDraftBible.com exclusive. I thank you so much for taking the time today. It was a wonderful conversation. I look forward to digging in with Coach Fairchild, uh, with Craig, and with Nick, of course, to just see what makes this young man tick. I really appreciate it, man, and I thank you so much for coming on today. Awesome, Ryan. Make sure you tell Coach Fairchild I said hi. Appreciate all your work, and we'll talk to you soon.